Dear fucking diary, I hate flying. The weight, the noise, the security, and especially the people. If I could just drive to every part of the world, I would. But unfortunately, that eastern half of the world remains inaccessible by road. And I swear, who is this drunk buzzard who just spilt half a Moscow mule on me? I look over and if it isn't, for lack of a better term, the douchiest whore I've ever seen in my entire life. He wore a sweater and chino pants and a haircut that belonged to a man 10 years younger that was really accenting his receding hairline. He had on a solid gold Rolex, a watch covered entirely in gold. He wore a gold necklace too, and it was on top of his sweater. His teeth seemed slightly off, probably because they were so perfectly straight. And then, to make matters worse, when he spilled this drink on me, he just laughed. This was the most punchable person I'd ever seen in my entire life. I'm working extremely hard to manage my anger, because no idiot is worth no fly list. Oh, my counselor's going to hear about this one. After a short giggle, he actually did apologize and offered to go to the airport bar and get me a drink. I needed something to make me a little less miserable. I never look a gift horse in the mouth, so I accepted. So he headed to the bar and then drunkly waddled back and forth between me and the bar like someone who needed a double knee replacement. With each step, he exhaled his, a deep breath as if he was relieved that he was now one step closer to his destination. The extreme determination that only a drunk can exhibit on their way to another drink was written all over his face. The chair squeaks when he sits down at the bar, <laughs> letting everyone know that the chair had suddenly become very stressed out. Poor chair. His stomach is very full. In fact, he probably has enough fat reserves to live for months without eating, but he went ahead and added another order of cheesesteak to that bar tab. In the eyes of our ancient ancestors, this man would be a king. However, it was obvious that this man was no king. In fact, it was obvious that he was hiding from something. Once this guy came back with my drink, apparently more payment was owed than just accepting an apology because he expected a full-on conversation. He drunkenly tells me that once in life he was in love. He still proudly wears his wedding ring, despite the fact he sleeps in a different bedroom every night and sometimes she with a different man. Both Bobby and his wife support the vows of a marriage and it impresses the people around them that they have been married for 35 years. You see, Bobby is a leader in the community and what a blemish it would be to divorce his wife. His wife would probably be kicked out of their small married couples club and Bible stuff. And then what enjoyment would she have left? After that, he launched into his kids what she tried to show me pictures of. Not that it matters to me, but he was also very proud of the fact that none of his children had so far turned out to be gay. How lucky. All he could voice his concerns about was how Roger down the street had a son who was worth millions. It must be noted that Bobby not so secretly thinks Roger's son is gay. He just hoped his kids would turn out to be rich and straight. He had worked hard to provide new opportunities for his children, and they had let him know so. It seemed like he even held it over their heads. He attempted to call him, but it was swiftly declined. It was about this time I was hoping to turn his homophobic tendencies away into something more productive, 
so I asked him why he was traveling. Boy, did that open a can of worms. He was on a travel trip for work. He did the kind of work where travel trips were pretty common. I kind of hinted that it must be terrible to be told where to go all the time, but he disagreed. He insisted, better being bossed around by a boss than bossed around home by his wife. He followed up with a tirade about how difficult it was to work with his wife. Also, apparently he was really good at his work. He informed me that he had been a top five salesperson in the company for 15 years running. Apparently, his company saw him as some sort of legendary figure. All of his younger associates looked up to him because of the miraculous deals he was able to pull out a hat. He was even so kind to share his secret with me, overtime work. And don't worry, if I have any more questions, he also gave me his card for any follow-ups. <clears throat> well, naturally, since he had already tried to show me all the pictures, I progressed the conversation talking about how hard it must have been to be away from the kids. Boy, was I sorry for that. For an instant, I was blessed. The man shut up. I thought I had done it. I had done the one thing that would make this man stop talking. Then he looked up at me and gave me one of the saddest nods yes I've ever seen in my entire life. Damn it, if he didn't have me truly invested in his struggles at this point. I asked if he planned on going back and seeing his family anytime soon. That's when I found out that he was actually headed home to see his youngest daughter recital for the very first time. Like all parents, he told me that his daughter was one of the best dancers out there. Unfortunately, he hadn't been to any of our recitals because of the fear of being home too long. Right before he could pull up a video of his daughter that I insisted was really not necessary, the intercom came on. Due to unclimate weather, canceling all flights. It felt like that one scene out of the Hunger Games where they choose one person to fight to death. Would your flight be canceled, or would you be one of the miraculous few who got to go home? Well, the drunks playing next to me decided it wasn't going to take off, and I have never seen greater disappointment in my entire life. Just as he had announced that his flight had been canceled, he found an unwanted video of his daughter dancing and handed me the phone. What I saw surprised me a little bit. His baby girl was indeed excellent, but she was at least 25 years old. A quick follow-up question, and he confirms, this big old man's daughter is a professional ballet dancer. I'm astonished. Become a professional ballet dancer, there has to be hundreds of recitals that happen. And this man has yet to go to a single one? He skipped all those recitals to be a top five salesman in a company I'd never heard of? To make matters worse, this was her last performance. This strenuous lifestyle needed to keep her body in tip-top shape was taking a toll. This man's strenuous performance to keep his sales in tip-top shape were also taking a toll. This is unacceptable. This man will be seeing his daughter perform today. I asked again where he's headed because I never remembered the first time he told me. I quickly realized that my destination is close enough to his destination that he could probably plane, train, and automobile this thing over to there on time. Luckily for me, or I guess luckily for him now, my plane was still departing. I quickly told him I really have nowhere to be, but he does, and I'm invested in this man seeing his daughter perform tickets were graciously accepted. Unfortunately for Bobby, as soon as we officially transferred the tickets, which is a lot harder than you would think, they announced a terminal change for the flight to depart from. I'm not sure if you remember, but Bobby is a big old dude, and we are in a big old airport. 
The odds of him getting across this airport in time are slim to none. I make an executive decision. Airline, airline stewardess, get me a wheelchair. Never in my life have I felt more powerful than running with a 300 pound man in a wheelchair in front of me. The seas of people split like the ocean when it saw Moses. The four people who didn't split out of the way got the full force of this man, and they weren't flying anywhere anytime soon. When we got to the assisted walking flat escalator thing, things almost got out of control. When we started to go downhill in the terminal, things did get out of control. A banana peel somehow got thrown out in front of the racetrack. I think it's still cemented into the ground from that airport. Men were cowering in fear. Women were yelling in anger. Nonetheless, we made it to those doors in time. Plus, Bobby was given preferential treatment because of the whole wheelchair thing and didn't need his customary second seat. I quickly gave Bobby my number and said, let me know if you need anything else. If not, please send a video of you enjoying your daughter's recital. Later that night, as I'm sleeping at the airport connected hotel in a non-smoking room that had obviously been smoked in, not getting a wink of sleep, but happily content because of my good deed, I get a text from Bobby. Didn't make it, period. But I got another sale, exclamation point. Thanks for the seat next to the Prime Minister, period.